Welcome to Stoner Chicks, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I am Stephanie Thompson. I'm Phoebe Richards. And I'm Kayla Teal. We are here today on a great day for me. I have to be (laughs) honest for all of you guys. We have such a treat for you in store. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) We do. We do. Stephanie, we are all very excited, but this has been a joy watching how happy you are, Stephanie. Oh, I am absolutely brimming with delight to introduce our guest today. She death dropped into our living rooms in 2014 on season six of RuPaul's Drag Race with her charm, her unbridled talent, vulnerability, and with the most iconic moments. Since then, she's captivated audiences across the world. She's an amazing musical artist with songs like Poison Ivy. She's a world-renowned choreographer. She's a cannabis and trans activist. She's a hero of mine. She's been on my mind since we started this bleeping podcast. A stoner (laughs) chick through and through. Welcome the amazing queen of weed queens, Laganja Stranja, everybody. Yes. yes, God, honey. <laughs> very, very kind. I so appreciate that. I have been a huge fan of yours for years. I'm brought to tears. Almost. Oh, you are too kind. <laughs> Thank you. I actually saw you a couple weeks ago at Queer Bar. You were watching a show. We were there two weeks ago or so. And I was sitting kind of next to you in a big puffy jacket. And I actually ended up on your Instagram. Hey, uh, you should have said <laughs> hi to me. <laughs> I know I got so I got really nervous and I had been drinking a little bit. So I didn't want to just <laughs> come blaring at you like, oh, my God, <laughs> I would have loved to have met you. But it sounds like I'm going to meet you very soon. So I'm excited about that. Yes, I'm going to definitely be in your show at Chop Suey on Friday, uh, Thursday. Yes, I'm super excited. I've never performed there before. Usually I always perform at Queer Bar. In fact, I was their last pride for Seattle, which was so fun with Crystal Method and Kim Petras, a Grammy award winning tranny, which she calls herself. So I'm allowed to say that. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to (laughs) check out Mm -hmm. this new venue and give a good show. I have actually performed at Chop Suey two or three times before, and it's a great little venue. I love it. Yeah, Laganja, for context, Steph, was Seattle's first burlesque clown. Amazing. All three of us are improv comedians, but when Steph told me that you were one of her favorite performers, I just knew you were going to be amazing. It's like you and Angela Lansbury are like two of Steph's favorites. Oh my gosh. Well, that's a lot to live up to. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You do a great job. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. I love Miss Lansbury. Oh, don't we all? Yes. Well, I have some fun questions to start us off. Laganja, what is your favoritest time of day to smoke weed? Oh, gosh. I mean, all the time, right? Like, <laughs> probably at night. I think I like a good little nightcap for sure. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But I also love bake and bake, which I'm going to do now. Yeah. So <laughs> Can I. we join you? <laughs> well, we're not prepared at all. We're yeah. not prepared at all. Laganja's <laughs> in the house. <laughs> Excellent. The sweet ASMR of bongs. Yep. Warm my heart. <laughs> yes. And speaking of bongs, did you guys know that I'm actually launching my 
Water Peace. I have to say the official title, not Bombs. Water Peace. (laughs) (laughs) No way. That's awesome. I just saw that on your unboxing video a couple days ago where you have, you got your prototype. That's right. So we've been in collaboration with Empire Glassworks out in California. We've been working on it for about three months now, and we've finally gotten everything settled. So I'm super excited. We're going to be launching that on March 20th with pre-sales going a little bit before that. There's only a hundred pieces, so we are expecting to sell out, but I'm just so excited to finally bring to life something that I've wanted for a really long time. That is so awesome. I'm going to see if I can get in line. I want one. Well, it's time for people to get ready for Miss 420. Ooh, perfect. Yeah, everyone set your alarms. This episode will come out, look on John, March 3rd. You're really high. What's the best, most often eaten snack for (laughs) stoner self? I love chips and salsa. Mm. I am a girl from Texas. (laughs) I grew up with them at every meal, pretty much. And I love a habanero salsa. Mm. Mrs. Renfro's from Dallas-Fort Worth is one of my favorite salsas out there. You can get it at most local grocery stores now. It's kind of like Tito's Vodka. It, you know, was on the shelf Texas and then was really excited here in Seattle. But yeah, I like, I like a very spicy salsa. And then I love a twist of lime chip. That's my favorite. Mm. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You did it. Yeah in Austin, Texas. And then, man, I mean, they have just really capitalized, which is amazing. So Texas is hard to rep sometimes Mm -hmm. because of their choices, but not all things from Texas are bad. Okay. So now you're really high. What's your go-to TV show or movie that you've watched a million times and can watch a million more? Well, movies, TV shows definitely change with the seasons. So movies, my top three go-tos are Drop Dead Gorgeous. (gasps) and Bring It On. Bring It On is such a classic. How do you feel about the Bring It On sequels? You know, Mm -hmm. I indulge in them, but Mm -hmm. they're not necessary. Hell yeah, I love those (laughs) picks. Fair enough. The third one's pretty good. That's my humble take. Well, Bring It On, it's fabulous. And I loved um, Cheer, the the Netflix documentary, which is sort of the real life Bring It On. Yes, uh, Kayla, I got into that because Kayla suggested it to me. One of my dear friends from... Nell is actually uh, one of two of the executive producers on that show. So I'm also super yeah. proud of her. Shout out to my Kel Larson, Chelsea Arnell. Amazing. Yeah. So you have a BFA in dance from Cal Arts. Did you also do like dance team or cheer in high school or anything like that? I definitely didn't do any cheer. I wish I had because I would have loved to have had some gymnastics underneath my belt. But I definitely did do dance companies while I was in, in high school. I went to Booker T. Washington. High School for the Performing and Visual Arts, which is an incredible school. People like Erica Badu, Nora Jones are all graduates of that school. And so I was on a company that was called Rep2 and then mentor and basically second mom, Dr. Linda James. So that was incredible. We had amazing choreographers setting work on us. I really, really enjoyed that. And then when I went to public school for my freshman year, I was actually on an Indian dance troupe. So yeah, I've always international dance. And it was really cool being at a public school. Well, it wasn't cool being at the public school, but it was cool <laughs> that that public offered an Indian dance troupe. And I really got to kind of live my Bollywood fantasy. <laughs> That's awesome. Fun. So while you were studying dance, did you like have any idea that it was going to turn into a drag career? Did you already have kind of aspirations about that? Or were you looking to do 
a different type of performing career? Yeah, I absolutely did not mean when I graduated with my BFA from CalArts. I actually tried to start a dance company with my dear friend, Lindsay Newton, who now is actually working as a costume designer for Ryan Murphy. So shout out to Lindsay, another amazing, successful CalArtian. And so we had a company called New Jack, her last name Newton, my last name Jackson. And unfortunately, because we were so new and green in the scene, you know, we were not able to really get that company up on its feet and get funding. And so that's why I turned to drag as it was sort of an alternative and something that I loved doing, but I had no idea, you know, years later, it would be my full-time professional job and that people would be waiting in line to meet me with joints. That was never a part of it. And I'm very grateful for it. Well, that's amazing. But speaking of the choreography, aren't you doing a lot of that right now? Did I see on your Instagram that you choreographed Trixie and Kayla's uh, Katya's show? I did actually. Yes, that was a a really fabulous experience. We did that last year. I worked with an incredible man by the name of Tim, who directed the show. And we actually formed a, a really beautiful bond. And he's actually the person who helped me end up landing the job that I have now, which is choreographing a brand new original musical called Misstep which is about trans and non-binary people played by actual trans and non-binary people. So part of this project and definitely hoping I get to work more with Trixie and Katya. They are a fun pair. Everything you see (laughs) is exactly who they are. And I'm really grateful that they respected my talents outside of the drag world and trusted me to create a bomb-ass tour, if I do say so myself. I mean, it sold out Radio City, the first ever drag queens to sell out that venue. So I'd like to think I was a part of that in shaping the show. Oh, I'm sure you were. And I'm so excited. We're in the Pacific Northwest here. So Miss Step is at the Village Theater in Issaquah, correct? That's right. And we're running, well, by the time the podcast comes out, it will be over, but we're running February 11th through the 19th. Oh. And it's a village edition. So basically what that means is they have one main stage and then they have another smaller stage where they put on new original musicals every year to help develop uh, work. Mm -hmm. And so it is our hope that Misstep is actually going to eventually end up on Broadway. I'm sure most people who write new musicals say this, Mm -hmm. but I really, I don't know, a good inclination that we are really going to make it there. I think it's the right time. I think people are looking for a musical like this that is fun and lighthearted. And in my particular case, doesn't show like trans trauma porn is what I always call it, which is trans people getting hurt, trans people getting sick, trans people dying. This musical is quite the opposite. And it really focuses on trans woman's struggle to connect with her father that she didn't really know he was estranged from her. And in doing so, she creates her own aerobics team because he was a aerobics aficionado. And so it's a fun story about her and her, her team of misfits going to compete in this competition that ultimately they're not very good at, but it's a really inspiring story about friends and family and that love is love. And it's all with such catchy music written by Kitten Malito. I'm super excited. And I, I can't say just enough how amazing it has been to start my year with a project like this that isn't focused on Laganja and that is really focused on my talent as a dancer and a choreographer. That's amazing. I really want to see it. I wonder if I can make it out there. Yeah, you definitely should. It's only 30 minute drive. It's only, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
It's only about 30 minutes. And Issaquah's gorgeous at the foot of the Cascade Mountains. It is. <laughs> yeah, let's go. It is truly gorgeous. In fact, I got to go see my first ever large waterfall. Was like, oh. Not for sure how you pronounce it. Snoqualmie. That's it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It was so gorgeous. And as someone who lives in LA, I'm often surrounded by a concrete jungle. So it's been really nice to be out here and reconnect with nature and just like tap into that side of myself. Yeah, that's amazing. And the musical sounds awesome. I'm so glad you got to share about that on our podcast because it really sounds like, and I agree, like the world needs that musical right now. And it sounds so fun. I mean, an 80s aerobics throwback musical. It's a pretty <gasps> unique uh, style, but I think it really will relate to a lot of people. And another thing that I think is really special about the show is, like I said, that the actual writing is is reflected in those who are hired both on and off stage. It's been so powerful to just be with my trans and non-binary family at this time and and to just feel accepted and not have to explain my gender and yeah, it's a really special project. And I, I am co-choreographing with a man by the name of Connor Gallagher, who's also directing the show and for many things. But most recently, he choreographed Beetlejuice on Broadway. So mm. again, to work with someone of his caliber and, and watch him and learn from him direct. It's a true gift from the universe. And I'm very grateful for it. That sounds amazing. I keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just realized that we haven't explained to our listeners yet that your drag character is all based around cannabis and cannabis normalization and activism. Can you, for our listeners who who haven't seen you perform or seen some of your amazing weed-themed looks, can you introduce your character to our listeners? Oh, I definitely am most known for my character from RuPaul's Drag Race season six, and that is Miss... Laganja Astranja, honey darling. And <laughs> she is a pot loving, twirling, sexually positive, open vibe. <laughs> I guess is how I would describe her. And it was definitely, I think, an extension of myself when I created the character. But I also think now looking back, drag is really what helped me find my truth as a trans woman. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a way to sort of explain off my femininity and categorize it as a job and not really who I am. So in the beginning, it was just really accepting myself and also ultimately like finding an art form that really is the culmination of so many arts like makeup and hair and costume and dance and singing. So for me, it's kind of like the ultimate art form because it really does combine so many different elements. And that's been kind of amazing for me as an artist and as someone who's always loved exploring not just one lane. You know, I went to a dance conservatory and I also focused on dance in high school. So I've been pretty dance centric for about a decade. And so when I found drag, it was sort of like not the antithesis of, but it had so many different elements that I really just got into as an artist, being able to explore all these different things. And so with my character, I've tried to do the same thing. Again, cannabis activists, what I found really interesting was all queens to me have a platform that they stand on. So again, coming from Texas, I'm used to ba- like pageants and, and beauty pageants. And any one of those good contestants always has a, a platform that's larger than themselves that they're representing. And I think for me, I chose cannabis because I grew up thinking it was a really bad thing, that it was a drug and that 
it made you uh, late to pick up your little sister after school, like you would see on the PSA TV a lot. And when I discovered in California through my medical license that this was really a medicine, I felt like that was some information that I wanted to get out to people. But it was really that simple. Like, I don't think when I first started Laganja, I was thinking about what a cannabis activist looked like and that eventually this would be something that could lose me a job or I would be in a situation where it was very homophobic or transphobic. And none of these things I really knew about, right? I just knew that it had helped me in my life and I wanted to share that story with other people. So through the process and through getting on RuPaul's Drag Race and realizing that Zen was really something even larger than I'd ever imagined, I began to dive in and I began to just educate myself and, and learn about just the different types of cannabis and how it can be used and the history behind it and how it has such a rich history in the LGBTIAQ plus community. Mm-hmm. And I think I felt sort of like calling from the ancestors, if you mm-hmm. will, to really take this serious. Because in the, in the beginning, it was just fun. I wanted to be mm-hmm. the Snoop Dogg of set out to do what I've eventually done, which is like speak at colleges and help get cannabis legalized in certain. That's something that came after. And I'm I'm really grateful because it's uh, stretched me as an artist. And it's also helped me realize that that is my original message in all of this. Of course, I want Versace and mansions and all the things that come with being famous. But Mm -hmm. more important, I want from all of this is a collectiveness of bringing together of people and an education for others around cannabis, but also around gender identity and all the things that, you know, my life has really encompassed over this last decade of being Laganja Stranja. Amazing. Well, that's wonderful. Like that, that's also what we're trying to do here, you know, is normalize cannabis use because it helps so many people everywhere who are using it medicinally, who enjoy it recreationally. It doesn't matter. Like the plant is a beautiful, natural thing that fuels creativity. And for you and like being a choreographer, like how has it fueled your creative self? I mean, so much so. That's actually how I started smoking cannabis. I had a best friend in high school who, when I was struggling to choreograph this piece, was like, well, you know, if we would just go smoke, like I bet that would help your blockage. And I was like, oh, girl, it's crazy. (laughs) And eventually I really just couldn't figure out this move. I couldn't figure out how to transition. And so I was just like, all right, let's go smoke weed. Like, and it was just a hit for me right away. Naturally, I realized like it really did open up another part of my brain that I wasn't able to access that I believe has helped me have my movement invention. I think that's what I'm really good at. You know, that's why I'm loving working with Connor right now is he's amazing at staging and coming up with the grand picture. And then I think that's what's been so special about our sort of collaboration is then he's letting me fill it in with the movement vocabulary. And I think that's really where I soar and what makes me happy. So that's what I would say is that cannabis really helped me find my own vocabulary when it comes to movement. And also it ultimately allows me to be free and it allows me to just go into the studio without judging as dancers were born to do, right? We look in the mirror, we fix our posture, turn out our hips, all these things. So when I smoke, it kind of removes that fourth wall from me. And it it becomes less about what I look like and how I'm presenting and more about how I feel. Mm -hmm. Cool. I love that. How that can help with dance. I am 
not a very good dancer, even though I've done burlesque. <laughs> but I do remember smoking a little before rehearsing and it did free me up from being so critical of myself and and getting in my head, I guess, is the, yeah. <laughs> totally. Many people who have different reactions and the way I always explain that is, well, it's medicine and medicine, no matter what it is, works differently for certain people. And for instance, I don't really get high before I go and perform something that's super choreographed. If I'm going to have to like hit my mark and match up with dancers, then I don't really smoke before I perform. But like when I'm by myself, for instance, when I'm at Chop Suey, like I'll be high as hell. <laughs> so, you know, times and certain times it doesn't. And, and that's why I know in my heart of hearts that this is a medicine and there are appropriate times to take it and other times there aren't. And that's what makes it so beautiful is if you build a relationship with cannabis, you can figure out what really works for you. Yeah. Yeah. And what responsible consumption means to you. Absolutely. Definitely something I had to learn over many years, but now I feel like I'm at a really, really great place with. Well, I feel I'm at a spot to have some responsible consumption right now, and we can take a quick smoke break. Well, welcome back from your smoke break. Still have Laganja Estranja here. We're just chit-chatting it up, getting a little stony. And I actually have a kind of a gossipy question for you. <laughs> Ooh, stirring the pot this early. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to know, you've performed with a lot of famous people. Who have you smoked with after a show, like backstage after a long night of shows? Who's like, who's your favorite person to get stoned with? Can you say? Well, favorite person to get stones back home in California, Robert and Hector. They don't need to be celebrities for me to yeah. enjoy them. <laughs> yes. So my favorite people are truly them. But I have had the opportunity to smoke with Miley Cyrus. <gasps> that was cool. Nice. I <gasps> helped choreograph her VMA performance where she had all like, I think there was like 30 drag queens. So that was pretty special. We got to smoke several times, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> but probably special would be like in her backyard. She had like a giant teepee and just crazy things. So that was pretty cool. But I will admit most celebrities, I don't get an, a chance to smoke because I'm hired as a dancer and we have our own rehearsals. And then the artist is brought in at the last second and we rehearse with them for a very you know, short amount of time. And then we go on stage and then that's it. So mm -hmm. there isn't really a to smoke with them. But on my list of people I really want to smoke with is Missy Elliott. Oh, oh yes. yes. Absolutely. <laughs> then when you ask this question and let's say, well, I was going to say 10, but I'm going to say five years, I will be able to say, oh, Missy Elliott, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone put those vibes out in the world right now because this needs yeah. to happen. We also <laughs> love Missy at this podcast. I think Pass That Dutch is one of my favorite weed songs ever. <laughs> Did you last night on the Grammys? I didn't know. Did she perform? She did. It was like a celebration of hip hop and oh. uh, amazing per usual. Oh my God. I'm going to watch that right after this. Yeah, it's good. Cool. Well, um, so you talked about kind of how cannabis has been a great tool for fueling your creativity. Have you ever received any pushback in your drag career or your choreography career 
for being an outspoken cannabis advocate? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, some people really still believe that it is a bad thing and that it is a drug. And so unfortunately, that has, I think, especially when it comes to being hired by bigger corporations that are more mainstream, while they may personally believe that cannabis is just fine, you know, their company does not. And so they're not able to hire me just because I'm associated so heavily with Mm -hmm. cannabis. So that has definitely been something. I think when it comes to choreography, no, it hasn't really hurt my career. I think most times you're being asked to choreograph, they're looking for creative. And I think many creatives smoke cannabis. So I think it's, it hasn't really hurt me there per se, but I definitely think that being hired as a drag queen, that is something that sways people heavily is that they want someone who is like a Trixie Mattel, who's associated with a, that's something that's very marketable, many ages like it. You know, I think I'm definitely an adult entertainer and I own that fully and I'm not for everyone, but I think that's also what makes me special is that I own it. And also ultimately there is a way to talk to children about cannabis. And I wish that I had been talked to about it in that way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be this scary thing. It can just be taught. But I also think we should be doing the same thing with alcohol. I think we're, we're way too putting way too much pressure on people not to drink, not to drink. And then they turn 21 and go crazy, Mm -hmm. which is basically. So I think when I say I'm not for all people, that's not to say me, Jay Jackson is not myself. I absolutely am. But when I become Laganja Estranja, that is definitely entering a, a more adult landscape. And I think that that's super cool. And I celebrate that. Absolutely. Us as stoner chicks, we are an adult podcast for sure. <laughs> yeah. And one of the most annoying things is that we can't advertise, you know, which uh, like we were saying, like sometimes venues can't advertise on social media for your shows, probably if there's ganja in the title or whatever. We face that too. And until federal legalization happens, it's just, we can't like Instagram and Facebook won't, you know, we can't utilize those as advertising tools. Well, and I will say, you know, I'm so lucky when it comes to Instagram. I don't know if it's because I got verified early on. I don't know if it's because I'm in that gray area because I'm an artist, Mm. but you know, my friends' Instagrams are deleted time and time again for just posting a picture of cannabis, not selling it, not doing anything wrong, not hypersexualizing it. And so that is really unfortunate and something that I definitely try to fight for is to help other artists and other cannabis associated people be able to have their space. But I also, that's why I support like the weed tube, which my friend Aaron Richard mm-hmm. created mm-hmm. YouTube, but it is for cannabis content. And I think, unfortunately, we're going to have to make more spaces like that and support spaces like that in order for this to really change and for us to destigmatize to the point that federal legalization happens. Either that or they're going to get greedy because if they would do it, they would make a lot of money. So mm-hmm. whichever happens first, fine. We just got to educate and support the people that we can until we get there. And even when we get there. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a weed tube channel, y'all. Check out our weed tube channel. <laughs> and yeah, we have a friend of the pod, uh, Dr. Riley Kirk, who's a cannabis pharmaceutical scientist. And she her Instagram gets taken down all the time. Like it's almost never on there anymore because they. And all she's doing is just like sharing scientific facts about the plant. Wild. Lame. That's wild. And super lame. Yeah, super lame. 
Well, do you have any 420 plans this year? Are you doing anything special for 420? So yeah, there's a lot coming up. As I mentioned earlier, the water pipes will be out March 20th. I have a super secret special collab dropping on the 8th of April. And then on the 20th, I am launching my EP Daily Basis, which will also have a new music video for Daily Basis. And official yet, but I'm keeping manifesting it. Hopefully my first ever cannabis line. Well, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm trying not to get too excited because I've worked with many, many companies. And for some reason, it always falls through. So uh, I'm being hopefully optimistic about this, but does feel like the cards are aligning. So we'll see. And if that does happen and I'm really able to launch the line, I will obviously have a huge party where I perform my song daily basis and sell the cannabis and If there are water pipes left over, those as well. (laughs) Oh my God. We'll be there. (laughs) Oh my God, I'll fly down. (laughs) So yes, you have to let me know and you'll get on the list, mama. (gasps) Mm, I got invited (laughs) to a party. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, Laganja, we're out of time, but um, I want to thank you so much for joining us. You're a badass stoner chick, and I'm thrilled that our listeners get to meet you today. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on and just allowing me to share my story. I really appreciate it from one stoner chick to another. You guys are sickening, and I really appreciate mm. your Thank you. So much. honored to have you. Just Yeah, you were, Steph named you as her dream get guest many episodes ago. You so. were my number one, mm-hmm. and I'm just so just so honored that you're here. And thank you so much. And thank you listeners for sticking around. Um, you can <laughs> check us out on Instagram. Oh, Laganja, is there anything you want to plug before we go? I feel like I did a really good job of doing it throughout my video. So I think we're... <laughs> okay. Yeah, you Check it. her out on Instagram at Laganja Estranja. You can check us out on Instagram at Stoner Chicks Podcast. You can go to our website, stonerchickspodcast.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there. We have a Patreon. That's patreon.com slash podcast. Please check us out. Thank you guys so much for being here. And I love you. Stay stoned. I forgot one quick thing. <laughs> we do something around here. Laganja Stranja, what do stoner chicks always say? Smoke weed every day. <laughs> there we go, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>